Welcome to another episode of Sunrise Live, the podcast where we have freelance models going deep into conversation. I have Jessa Ray Muse on the other line. Hello, Jessa. Hi, Christy. You out in you said you're out in Texas? Yeah. Yeah. I'm on a, a nine day tour out here through Texas. That's awesome. Are you doing Dallas, Austin, and Houston? Yeah. Right on. San Antonio? A little bit of San Antonio, too. Cool. For the purpose of the podcast, how about uh, you introduce yourself and how you got started into freelance modeling and then your progression and how that's led to where you are now? Yeah. So I'm Jessaray Muse. I've been at this for about, I guess it's going to be 11 years in June. I started modeling in 2012 in Salt Lake City with a group called Sketch Cabaret. And so I'm uh, a little background. I'm a performance artist. So I'm a hula hoop dancer. And I've done that as a professional street performer. uh, So busker. And then I got in with the Burning Man community pretty much when I learned, like some of my teachers were in the Burning Man community in Salt Lake. And so I was intermixed in that performance group. And so in 2012, a bunch of my friends in that community joined sketch cabaret and the hula hoop troupe I was a part of which was like eight of us um we all joined and it started at a house and we got too big too really quick and so the neighbors hated us and um, it was like a once a month thing and so we we quickly went to a club so we we started doing this uh, I think it was the third Friday of every month and we would do I think it was like 7 p.m. until like 1 a.m. or maybe 8 but whatever and we would have five model stands and this was all for artists for um, sketch artists and painters at first and we did have guys who are were our staff photographers and they wouldn't actually allow other photographers to come in and take photos which was kind of nice because then we could control the quality of the content. Yeah, so we would have, you know, a a gesture stand where you're just doing one to three minute poses. We'd have a five minute stand or five to 10 minute. And then we would have, you know, 20 minute pose stand. And then uh, several times we would have like a long pose stand where they would just adopt the same pose for 30 to 45 minute sessions and then take breaks. So that was really fun because we'd have live performances happening. So I would perform sometimes with my hoops. We'd have a belly dancer. We had aerialists. We had you know, bands that would come in and, and that was just really awesome. And one, one downside was there was a lot of dubstep and I was like, what does dubstep have to do with a cabaret? (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Yeah. And so we got paid a little bit at first for that, but then they realized that to keep it sustainable, that was on a volunteer basis for those. And that the way to make money was to do the drawing sessions for other companies. So to do um, outside work with, uh, I worked with EA Games in Salt Lake City and I worked with uh, Bue University, which is no longer a thing. And then I worked with Disney and um, Disney didn't like nudes. They source all their artists from BYU, you know, oh. Brigham Young University, the Mormon uh, University. And so if you did anything that was supposed to be like figure style drawing, then they would just have you wear a nude leotard, okay. <laughs> um, which I never did a, a, a nude type session with them. But yeah, and I 
so my very first nude session was with EA Games. It was a quick one hour thing. They did that every week and they provided it as something for their artists to just keep up on their, you know, proportionate body drawing skills, I guess. And it paid like 30 bucks for an hour. And uh, I was a little nervous because I just hadn't been nude in front of people like that before. And it was funny, actually. I So I was, let's see, I was 19. 18 I think I was 18 still and my mom I I didn't live with my parents but I'd go visit my mom so I talked to her quite a bit and I was like yeah I'm gonna do this nude session and and she was really really open my mom's always been really open with me through the years and but we laughed and we're like yeah well maybe a bush comes in handy here it covers you up a little bit so (laughs) (laughs) so yeah it did that um but you know after the session well, for one, and through the session, you learn poses that are really bad to hold, and then ones yeah. are really good. <laughs> like, like word to the wise: don't try to do a kneeling pose where you're up on your knees, not just sitting on your knees for more than like a two-minute pose. Like that is a very strenuous pose. At the end, I saw the drawings and immediately wanted you know pictures and wanted them to email me the photos because I was just like, oh wow this is what I look like to other people, you know? So for me, it was this moment of like, this is how other people see me. And these are maybe the ways that I don't see myself, see the beauty in myself, you know? And I had quite a bit of self-esteem issues growing up. And, you know, it's interesting to hear that from all kinds of models, you know? It's like, a lot of us are, you know, really gorgeous, amazing people. And yet, no matter who you are, you're going to have self-esteem issues. So modeling helped me to like heal my own, insecurities and belief systems about myself and start to work inward on self-love. So I really jumped headlong into figure modeling and did as many sessions as I could because especially the nude work, like the costumed work in the club was really fun because every month we would do a theme. So one time we did like a uh an ocean theme and one time we did the island of misfit toys and i did raggedy mm-hmm. ann with without my andy and, and i <laughs> you know just i did a wild woman one time for one that was to do with like of the earth or something you know so that was fun because you can channel different parts of yourself and different roles that you like to play but the nude work is different because nude is especially if you're up on the model stand you're holding poses you have no one to sit with but you. There's nothing to hide behind. There's no character that's covering you up. All the layers are shed and you have to be alone with yourself and, and sort through in your mind maybe the bullshit that you've been telling yourself and start to work through that. And so that was kind of like in some ways more uncomfortable than the physical discomfort of holding a pose. Yeah. And yeah, I found that to be, I mean, it's always a constant process of healing. I wouldn't say that, you know, I'm, I'm healed 100% or something, but, you know, it's, it's been helpful. So I still do figure modeling when I'm home. In my hometown, there's a little drawing session and I do it on tours even. And even though it doesn't pay as much, what I do is I just wait till the last minute if I have openings in my schedule and then I'll fill it with um, drawing sessions to just keep up on that skill. I love it. Um, on my next tour, Next month, I'm going D.C., Virginia, North Carolina, back through D.C., and I have three drawing sessions on that one. So, Cool. I, I've got a question. So with the nude drawing sessions, you started doing that in Utah. Was there any pushback from 
like religious groups about any nude stuff beyond like Disney making people wear a bodysuit or whatever? Like, did you get flack from friends or family or acquaintances for doing nude figure work because of how Utah seems to be more culturally against like showing of the human body? Sure. Yeah. So in that realm, I was born and raised LDS, so Mormon. And um, I stopped being active in the church maybe around age 16, but that was because of a lot of work I had done to look. I literally researched so many scripture and magic and religion and was just like, you know what? This all disproves what you're trying to you like say I can literally use your scriptures against you you're all hypocrites <laughs> so um but yeah yeah um I okay so in 2013 and uh well 2014 so I had my first son at age 20 in 2014 in April and from basically January through April of 2014, I did a bunch of drawing sessions and photo shoots like crazy. I mean, I did a ton of TF just for my maternity portfolio, but also to learn. It was really cool. And with that, I was posting those on Facebook at the time, and I was getting banned right and left for 30 days, getting put in Facebook jail. And, <laughs> and uh, you know, so I had to learn to censor post implied and stuff like that. Oh, and, yeah. Uh, <laughs> way back then so I've been a rebel against the system for a while but anyways yeah it was so weird I'd been posting those for months and then I had my little boy April 6 2014 and we post this picture of me just like holding him against my breast and like this triumphant look like I fucking did it I'm a mess but I'm powerful you know it was a great picture and I don't know if it was that picture that triggered it or what it was, but my aunt, so my mom's sister, who we're not really, we were not friends with, and rest in peace now to her because she passed away um, last year. But yeah. she she messaged my mom and just like bashed my mom and was just like, "You've been such a bad example to your daughter to do with modesty," and like basically telling my mom that it's her fault that I'm an immodest little. I don't know what I what she was trying to say I was, but and we're just like, you know, honestly, I'm the one who inspired my mom to do a nude photo shoot. <laughs> like, this is the opposite here, Aunt Maria. It was like that was kind of where I got pushback, honestly, was just that because otherwise Salt Lake City is very progressive, even though it's the Mormon capital and there is a large population of Mormons. There's a ridiculously huge gay pride scene. And oh. I mean yeah, it's it's really fun. I've been in the parade multiple times with my hula hoops. So I really didn't have, I don't actually have a lot of negative experiences associated with my modeling. I'm really fortunate, really kind of like, you know, two hands full, maybe like I could count it on two hands. Yeah. And so that was, that was frustrating though. Just, just that she has been so oppressed by this system that she needs to tell other women what to do with their bodies. Yeah. Like, it's her, like it's hurting her somehow. And so, you know, uh, we just blocked her. And we, I was <laughs> like, I don't need this. My body is beautiful and amazing and powerful. And like, look what I just did. And yeah, I just moved on from there. I didn't let it phase me too much. That's good. Did you say that you inspired your mom to pose nude also? Yeah, yeah. So my mom has done a couple photo shoots. She did a session with a female photographer friend of ours 
I think it was like in the late summer of 2013 and did some shots. And I mean, my mom's had six kids. She has been overweight. She, you know, so her just stretch marks, her boobs are a little saggy and she's got like a tummy that she doesn't super love, but you know, it helped her when she saw the photos, she was, yeah, of course there's photos that you don't like from every photo shoot, but you know, she was able to find the ones she really loved and it was really empowering for her. And I thought that that was awesome that I had actually helped my mom with, with encouraging her to do that, you know, and that's cool. Yeah. My mom and I are super close. In fact, it's funny. I can, I can text a photo to my husband and he'll be like pretty or cool. And very rarely he'll be like, Oh, I love the shape of the legs or, you know, get into the, what he likes about it. But my mom will send me like three sentences about what she likes and so she's really fun to bounce stuff off of that's awesome (laughs) yeah and my dad he he he's known since the beginning I've done nude modeling but he doesn't want to see he so that's just kind of where we're at and he doesn't judge me at all for it It, it, he's yeah I will occasionally be like okay dad this one's just implied look at this one you gotta see (laughs) (laughs) well that's nice that he's not judgmental about it on you so that's super positive yeah yeah it's it's uh it's great and and like to kind of continue on that story so after i had my son i because of my diet and my age and lifestyle with hula hooping i bounced back like i started hula hooping again i mean i was a single mom at the time i was living with my family when i had my my son so i had to go back to work pretty quick but i was hula hooping again by the time i was like a month postpartum so wow. my, and uh, my body, I think by the time I was like six weeks or eight weeks postpartum, I already, my stomach, my stomach was already shrunk back flat, like almost all the way. And I, I mean, I've always been like a, an A cup, like a small breasted woman, but I had like really good C's and was like rocking this body. And I was like, damn, if only I could have frozen those breastfeeding C's, I think sometimes. <laughs> right but on. you know, it's always like easy to get into comparison and I have to check myself about it practically every day and then just go, you know what? I had, a, you know, I had a babe, two babies. I have two sons now and I breastfed both of them for two and a half years and I don't have saggy tits. I have nice firm A's and they're bigger than they were before I had kids. So that's great. (laughs) That's pretty good. That's a good deal. I'd say a lot of people's probably do sag out afterwards. Yeah. So you you had all the experience with the hooping and the, the drawing sessions and you did a lot of photography through the your process of the maternity shoots and and then what happened after that with your career yeah so honestly after that i pretty much went headlong into modeling that summer into i i started doing nude in nature that's when the nude in nature really happened was in the summer of 2014 and i work with this guy that um and this kind of actually starts to go into the awkward photographer thing so I worked with this guy <laughs> in Utah. Um, <laughs> I won't say his name. He's passed away now. I mean, I guess because he's passed away, I could say his name. I'm curious who else um, actually worked with him. Um, so I, I am actually going to say his name. Um, his name is Mitch Adamson. And he was in Salt Lake, Utah. And he 
I was in this group called After Dark or something, Art Modeling After Dark on Facebook. So we at the time, you could post uncensored nudes in private groups on Facebook. Yeah. And so we were posting photos in there, and he put up like a casting for wanting to do fox in photo shoots, he called it. And what he would do is he would glue this foxtail just above your bum, and which in my opinion is better than the than the butt plug thing but that was just my preference <laughs> it makes sense <laughs> but yeah so I was like yeah that looks like fun I'll do a fox in photo shoot and and actually the first time I worked with him I took my cousin because she also wanted to do it and so we like buddied up and did you know she was like my chaperone model buddy and yeah I, I ended up working with him a bunch so but he okay I didn't know better at the time so he did this thing where he would say you have to do an overnight trip with him, you have to do a cold shoot, and you have to get painted to get paid. Okay, so and he paid like shit. He paid like fifteen an hour, <laughs> and I didn't know better. So you yeah. had to do an overnight with him, and you had to do something involving you getting really cold. This sounds like a nightmare. <laughs> yeah, Personally. yeah. I mean, like. I honestly never had bad experiences with him. And I later found out tons of other people did. And I guess, I think maybe part of why I didn't have a lot of bad experiences with really any photographers. I mean, I, I have had a few now, but it's about communication and the fact that I don't get inebriated on shoots and that I'm, I'm very clear with who I am and I'm vigilant and, you know, it just doesn't allow a lot of room for error. But still... Yeah, so I did the Foxen shoe, and then I did I did several of the Foxen. I actually ended up modeling with my husband when we were just first dating for a shoot where my sister modeled with him, my cousin, the same cousin, and me. And then uh, my husband joined us for that shoot, and it was funny because on the sidelines, my sister and my cousin are like, "He has better butt than you." <laughs> like, um, but yeah, I worked with him for a while, and um, then I ended up doing some other shoots. Okay, and. And this guy I worked with, he goes by photography. Yeah, um, I know him. Like, he takes good photos. But in the beginning, I will say that, and I honestly don't care if he hears this. He knows my feedback, so whatever. But he, um, <laughs> we did a shoot. My sister and my cousin and I, we did a shoot with him one day along the river where we lived in Ogden, Utah. And it was honestly an okay spot. I, I was very new to scouting locations. So I was like, He's like, you know where a good place is to shoot? Yeah, let's go by the river. So we go shoot by this river. It's okay. So um, this other girl that's with us is shooting with him. And we went down into the river and we're just hanging in the river. And we're like, wouldn't it be funny if a fly fisherman walks by right now? And I swear <laughs> we summoned the fly fisherman. Like, no, here he comes walking oh up God. the river. And he didn't even notice us until we say hi. And then he's like, oh, wow. And we're like, we hope you don't mind. He's like, no, it adds to the beauty, blah, blah, blah. And just keeps walking, doesn't even look back. He was super respectful. And anyway, so in that shoot, we did some shots right there by the river, kind of, you know, sirens in the river thing with the three of us. and. He was like really heavy handed at editing at the time. It just like really bad. Like my sister was quite skinny already, like plenty, like she didn't need liquefy is the point, you know, and he edited her wrist all weird to where it looked like all bent and broken and her ribs, the way he did use the contrast, it made her look really, really skinny. Like it made her ribs really pop out. And we were like, Hey, we don't like this, you know? And, and, and also he, made her hair yellow 
So it was like multiple issues because she's blonde. And then he wouldn't edit any photos of my cousin because she was rocking her leg hair at the time and she has dark hair. And so he wouldn't, I mean, she didn't even want them edited. He could have just sent them all to her and she would have used them whatever way she wanted. But Mm -hmm. anyway, so all of that's fine, whatever. That's just all bitching about him. But (laughs) (laughs) But then the issue was later, okay, he knows I'm seeing somebody. I had talked about, that I'd seen somebody. He sends me a message with a photo. It's really pretty. I honestly should put it on my website. Um, but he tells me I have a nice camel toe. What? <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, this is how you tell a girl she has a pretty pussy. Like, I don't. He could have. I would have rather you said pussy. Like, honestly. <laughs> so i just was like quiet i didn't say anything in the message you know i was like awkward and just like i don't know what you were thinking i know you were maybe trying to be tender around the subject but you chose the wrong word bro <laughs> so i mean the 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 f- focus of the images was it like on your no pussy or <laughs> Okay, so it doesn't really make sense that he would be complimenting it other than to try and like make a comment specifically about your crotch yeah (laughs) okay that's so weird that's that was that was it and i was just like oh bad bad move bro i don't know it was just maybe he zoomed in while he was editing or maybe he was looking when i wasn't paying attention during the shoe i don't freaking know but they i feel like they all zoom in whether they admit to it or not i'm sure every photographer zooms in on (laughs) Shit, sometimes I'll zoom in. I'll be like, is that lingerie really, like, covering her enough? That looks tiny. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, I, I zoom in too, but, yeah. He, he zoomed in enough to feel the need to make a comment about how he felt about your camel toe. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That is so awkward. Why? Yeah, yeah, so, anyways, that was definitely one of my awkward photographer moments, and I, like I said, I haven't really had a lot. I hear these stories about other girls, other, what other models have dealt with. And I don't have a lot of these issues, but it was actually because I, I only modeled part time for years. Like, and I still did my hula hoop business and I was a mom. And, and, you know, I just, so I didn't, I, even though I did a lot of photo shoots, I mean, I've done so many, I can't count. I have no idea, you know, but still, it was just like, I think maybe just working locally helped me. Yeah. And then I guess if we go, so, so yeah, I lived in Utah all the way until 2015 and then I moved away to Colorado and then, so that's where I've lived for the last eight years is here in Western Colorado. And I say here, I'm not, I'm not home now, but you know, whatever. Yeah. And so I did shoots locally around uh, where I live and, and went to Denver on mini tours. And so I would basically just go to mini tours to Salt Lake and Denver for a long time um that was easy being a part-time model and and mommy and and working other jobs part-time sometimes but you know working for myself with hula hoops and for so long i held on to the hula hoop business like it was the thing i couldn't ever stop doing it and then it just like in the last when i when i jumped full force into full-time modeling in august 2021 i basically just retired from hula hoops i (laughs) I and I I don't actually feel like I thought I would about it. I I do occasionally miss it, but really I just do hula hoops for photo shoots now. 
and um, that's that's about it. But I used to literally do a Saturday, Sunday farmers market and street market every single weekend, all summer long. I would hula hoop for like seven hours all day long. So I'd literally be living off of smoothies and hors d'oeuvres all day. And then just, <laughs> and I'd make 40 hula hoops a week. So yeah. Um, but Do you feel anyway. like that's a past era of your life that you sort of, it was a good time, but it was in the past, like a different a different Jessa? Yeah, for sure. Yeah, that's 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 where I'm at with it at this point. I mean, people in my town will be like, oh, we're going to see you hula hooping at Cherry Days. It's our 4th of July um, event. And I'm like, no, I'm, I'm retired. I don't like to work holidays anymore. I mean, I worked every holiday, it felt like, with the hula hoops for so long. Uh, being in the, you know, it, it's like you're still in the service industry in that way because you're, you're providing an entertainment service. And so it's just so nice. I mean, I could go camping for the 4th of July now, which I much prefer, actually. Yeah. So you said you went full time in August of 2021. So that was about a year and a half ago or so. Yeah. Yeah. So it's basically, you know, coming up on two years. But like, you know, in 20. So to rewind a little bit in 2019, I went to Europe with this guy who I've actually later learned is is like blacklisted in, in Belgium. And I got like an all expenses paid trip to London. And then he ended up paying for my whole family to go to um, Budapest. And that was cool. So I got to experience a little bit different side about what it takes to model really far away, you know, and I was gonna start touring that fall and something stopped me. And which is really great, of course, because then the next year is COVID. And so I'm really fortunate that I didn't jump headlong into it in a way. And, you know, sometimes I go, gosh, I wish I had, you know, jumped into full-time modeling a long time ago. But at the same time, I feel like maybe that getting into the full-time modeling later in my modeling career, and as I got older and my kids were older, then I could have other people help tend them. And um, that I had more experience under my belt in other aspects of modeling that helped me to yeah avoid issues and also just little things like how to model outside and how to take really good care of yourself in the day when you're modeling like you know if i have three two-hour photo shoots in a day you know i will like start my day with a smoothie and tea and then i'll pack a little lunch bag everywhere i go i show up to the photo shoot with my rolly bag of all my stuff and my lunch bag and my yoga mat too and i will bring like protein bars with me, I'll bring fruit. And sometimes I'll bring my little tiffin container with multiple compartments with raw veggies and dip and salt. And part of why I do that is because, you know, raw fruit and vegetables are not going to blow you in a photo shoot, but you're going to keep your blood sugar up and your energy levels and be good, taking good care of yourself. You know, it's really important to me to take good care of myself and, maintain long-term beauty not just in the moment of being skinny because i haven't eaten all day you know yeah and, totally. uh, yeah so all that stuff i already had learned pretty much from hula hooping so there's a lot of stuff that actually kind of transfers over um because i would you know have to eat while driving sometimes going to hula hoop gigs yeah so that just that just lends itself to it but anyway photographer fail all right so if we go like into the real like the real photographer fail yes tell me the photographer fail story 
So you've heard this story recently, but I'm going to put it on here. I'm just going to say very vaguely Pacific Northwest. Okay. Okay. Um, I was working with this guy and uh, I used to have on my Model Mayhem profile um, that I would do artistic labia work with the, for the right project. And cause I've done labia casting and certain things and you know, that I didn't really do open leg modeling. Well, just the fact of having that on your profile will attract people to you that think they can like finagle their way around. Yeah. <laughs> so that is no longer on my profile. I say no open leg. I mean, literally an open leg shot might be like one out of a thousand in a photo shoot. That's like, Hey, there's a hollow on this tree. It looks like a labia. Come take this picture. And they will be totally caught off guard. And I'll be like, yeah, it's my idea, you know? And it's because I feel safe with them in that moment. And it's done organically. It's not just, yeah. I mean, he hits me up about wanting to do work for, you know, the Seattle Erotic Arts Festival. Oh, God. And I'm like, <laughs> sounds cool. I never, I didn't know shit about it. And <laughs> and, and uh, erotic art, sweet. Let's make art out of it. You know, no smut. And, and so um, I am like, you know, we moved from Model Mayhem to email because you can't send pictures through there. And so I'm like, yeah, send me examples. So he sends me a bunch of examples. And, I, and you know, my, my rules when I do anything like that is no eye contact with the camera with my legs open and no hands down below at all in any capacity. And so I ended up being like, yes to this, no to this, yes to this, no to this, so that he could understand my boundary. So I thought that was very clear. And then during that first photo shoot, everything was good until the end. So... We're doing the photo shoot. We end up doing like very nice art nudes, some positions where I am just um, more posed open. Um, but it just wasn't quite what I had thought we were going to do. So there was some hesitancy in my mind. And, and there was starting to be like a little bit of intuition of like, hmm, you know, through the shoot. Well, then in the end, he wanted to take an up close video of me just rubbing the around like the surrounding area but not actually rubbing or touching myself and i was like and i got i got coerced into doing it actually because i just like i was already in a gratuitous position basically and uh then after the fact i told him i was like you know i actually wasn't comfortable with what we did there i don't want you to use that video and you know he was grumpy about it and like and at the time, I did the photo shoot for my normal rate, and I didn't realize that I needed to do it for a higher rate. And honestly, like that might sound just minor to some people that maybe do open leg or, or you know, whatever. But from my experience, I honestly kind of stored it as trauma and didn't talk about it that much, and felt guilty that I had allowed it to happen, you know, stuff like that. And so then fast forward to last year, I ended up scheduling with him again for some reason. And I thought, you know, well, we'd already talked about my boundaries in the past. He knows what my rules are. So I didn't think to reiterate my rules. And I get to the shoot and he immediately, we're not even doing anything art nude. He immediately wants me like slid to the edge of the couch, but, you know, t pelvis tilted outward, not you know, back, like legs open, but not even just legs open, like one leg up on the arm of the couch, like by my ear. Mm -hmm. <laughs> like, oh, fuck. And so I'm immediately like, that's more than what I usually do for open leg. I told him that's gonna cost more. 
<laughs> instead of just being like, I'm not going to do that. I was just like, that's going to cost more. And he's like, oh, okay, well, we'll do an hour of this and an hour of that. So then he wants uh, to like try to separate. And yeah, like, oh, right. God. And no, the whole shoot, he wanted the whole thing all out there. And so I was so like, but then, then it gets worse, okay? Because and then he <laughs> asks me, because you know, no hands down below. That was my rule, right? And and he goes, um, lift the hood at one point, and I says, I knew exactly what he wanted, but I hesitate a little bit, and I'm like, hmm, what? You know? And he's like, yeah, lift the hood of the clit, and I'm like, I'm like the tiniest, teeniest clit, like oh, lift the hood. You're gonna have to zoom in with a macro, bro, like. <laughs> lift the hood that's so weird I, but i was you know that's what i'm thinking i was like no no hands down below remember that's my rule and that was where i had to start saying no you know that was where i was like oh fuck this guy so so maybe only like 30 minutes pass in the photo shoot and he says it again same thing lift the hood and i'm just like did we just have no. that conversation? <laughs> no, I'm not going to do that. I already told you that. Exactly. And I was like pissed and uncomfortable at that point. And like this guy's pushing my boundaries. And, you know, so I continue posing a little bit very gratuitously, something I don't do for anybody. Never going to fucking do again. I was just like, wow, why did I get coaxed into this? I just don't feel comfortable. And so at the end of the, he ends up ending the shoot like a half hour early because he knows he's not getting what he wants and he's not going to get anywhere with me and further than he did. And so he, we end the shoot. Well, the other issue is that he'd given me a ride from the airport. So I'm at this uh. dude's like whim to an extent. I mean, I could have called it Uber, but you know, and, and so he's given me a ride back. And on the way back, I explained to him like, you know, if, and, and honestly, I'm never going to work with him again. But I did explain to him, like, you know, if we do this again in the future, the whole photo shoot has to be this rate, no matter if it's only 20 minutes of this amount of, of content. Uh, and explain to him the difference between what I'm what I had like agreed to and what he was trying to get me to do. And it's so weird, like how in the moment when you're very vulnerable, they change and then they are like all sweet to your face and like in messaging and they look like they're this sweet old guy but they're really not they're this old fucking perv mm-hmm. <laughs> yep yeah uh, i've been tricked in the same way and it i think the worst thing is that when you feel like you can trust somebody and then later you find out that your intuition was wrong because you want to trust your intuition and be like, oh yeah, my spider senses didn't raise any red flags. And then later they kind of stab you in the back by crossing your boundaries. And that guy repeatedly crossed your boundaries. Yeah. So, so that sucks. I think I remember who you're talking about and yeah, I've worked with him too. And I had the same feeling the last time I worked with him, I was like, why am I here? Like this guy, like they, they want to get a rate for your artistic nude. They're like, oh yeah, what we're going to shoot is, you know, up to your artistic nude boundary. And then when you get there and you're posing, they're directing you into poses that are beyond what that uh, scope of artistic covers. <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah yeah so you know i just was like in hindsight like wow it's 
it's just so important. Even if you work with somebody 10 times to just be very clear, this is my current boundary, this is my rule, here's a photo example, blah, blah, blah. But even then, it's just like, it's really hard to control that with with the the people that want to shoot a rock and explicit, I feel like. And so I, I actually, you know, kind of respect that you say that you really just only do that if you feel like it for your own OnlyFans and you do it, you know, yourself. And then you can be in control of that. That seems like the way to do it. Yeah, and and I can do that now because uh, I get more income from my online sources than I do from in-person photo shoots. Um, it, it might be close to 50-50, but I think it's a little bit more on the OnlyFans and Patreon is more of my income. But when I was touring, like what you're doing you're trying to get as many bookings as you can. And if somebody over communication is like talking about what your boundaries are and what your rates are, and it sounds like everything is going to be consensual and fine. Then back when I was making a majority of my income through touring shoots, uh, I would let a lot of those bookings like happen. Even though if I was like, uh, this guy's going to be a little bit weird, but I'm sure he's fine. You know, and a lot of them are just fine. It's like, they're not going to, you know, physically assault or kidnap you, but they're going to make you feel kind of dirty or taken advantage of through coercing you a little bit past your boundaries or hiring you for artistic and then coercing you into erotic. And then like what that guy did to you saying, oh, well, I'll just hire you for one hour of erotic and one hour of artistic trying to like bargain with you at the shoot when you've already prearranged an agreement for what you were going to do and then changing it in the moment just makes the shoot a more of a an awkward, not creative, not positive feeling for the model. Like, oh, I'm just here because you wanted to see how much you could squeeze out of me for the cheapest amount. Like, that's the worst. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and at the time my first photo shoot happened with him, I was charging 125 still. And I, oh, I did something weird. Actually, at the time I had transitioned to doing like an hour for 150 which I, really don't ever do an hour but I was like okay if occasionally somebody wants an hour I'll do 150 and then if they want two hours I'll do 275 so I ended up doing three hours with him for 400 the first time but then the next time I was just like he did know that my rate had changed to 150 but then it was like he was trying to yeah do all that for the still the art nude rate and I'm like no no this needs to be under even more than my fetish rate because I have a 200 dollars fetish rate now and that's really, honestly, just for shibari cuffs, if I look like I'm in a submissive position, that's not even open leg. That's literally just, if you're going to sell feet pictures, or this is personal spank bank, you're paying me more. Yeah. You know, like, and I feel comfortable doing that. And then I, but also, especially if I do shibari suspension, which I very rarely do, but if it's very pretty and artistic, I want to. and. So I'll charge more for that uh, because y'all get marked up. My skin's really sensitive and that can interfere with being able to do other shoots in a tour. And so I try to schedule a shoot like that at the very end of a tour or, you know, I mean, cause I'll be marked up for a whole week. So it has to be at the end because otherwise they have a bunch of Photoshop work to do and nobody wants to do that. Yeah. So you've mentioned a few times in this podcast that you had been working with photographers that you felt comfortable with and later found out they were blacklisted. When, how did you find out about them being blacklisted? And then how did you feel about that? Yeah, I mean, when I, 
I think what it is is that I didn't really understand all the resources for being able to con- verify people that I have access to now. And, you know, so I really just went off of like Model Mayhem credits, but I've since learned more. There's so much more than that. I mean, not only even if somebody has a hundred Model Mayhem credits, you should still reach out to three of them at the minimum. And because there might be something they didn't say in their credit, you know? Yeah. <laughs> and, um, and especially the people that left a credit that's blank, you know? Yeah. Because um, I started doing a thing where, yeah, I'll leave a blank credit if I don't have anything good to say. I have plenty to say. So if I don't leave anything, it's actually because I have something bad to say. And um, that's a way to just, like, hopefully alert people that um, they should reach out to me for more. Obviously, that's not, like, a clear code. But I did have a couple other models tell me that that's what they do is they'll they'll leave a blank credit. But, yeah. yeah and, and, and so besides that, though, it's just... Yeah, I, I just, I didn't know how to fully reference people. And so even though I feel like my referencing system is really <laughs> thorough, it still is like people slip through the cracks, you know? And like when I found out about Mitch, I was like, wow, it was one of those times where I'm like, you know, disclaimer, I had a good experience, but that doesn't discount other people's bad experience. You know, in fact, their experiences, of course, discounts mine. It's more important, you know, and I've had that happen with a couple people where I've had a fine time, worked with them extensively, not just once or twice sometimes. Yeah. And then ended up where somewhere through the grapevine, I find out that they're blacklisted for a serious reason. And I'm just lucky that I haven't had a problem. And so it's it's frustrating because not only can your credit on their model mayhem help them get work with other models, but just your presence in their portfolio. Yeah. And that's that's why um, you know, with my verification system, in fact I, I think, you know, this is something I'm happy to talk about, is just that, you know, like say somebody hits me up on Instagram. Okay. You know, do they have a link to their work elsewhere? you know, um, for one. And then, you know, how many, what's the quality of their work? And then do I want to even be portrayed in that quality? And then do I recognize anybody in the port? Okay. And then, um, I'll find out if they have model mayhem, I'll go check out their model mayhem. If they do, if they don't, then I will, um, either way I'll generally, um, it takes a lot of time, honestly, but I'll reach out to other models that they worked with and ask, hey, I saw you worked with this person, send the link, how was your experience? Um, and then that way they have a moment to tell me, oh yeah, he's like autistic and, and, and you know, but he's fine. He's totally fine. You know, he's just, you know, whatever, but something that maybe you don't want to put on their profile, but, or they can say, oh yeah, he totally tried to touch me or whatever, you know? And then, and then I I don't know maybe I'm I, I think I worry sometimes that I'm like being too annoying with the amount of messages I will send out for verification but I feel like every time I hear a bad story about another model's ad I I'm just like oh I'm justified that's why I do that you know yeah and and I do that with model mayhem with Instagram with whatever way somebody reaches out to me I will verify them and I'll mark it in the contact info I save in my directory verified by reference by 
if I haven't, if I just like recognize somebody in their report, but I didn't reach out to them directly, I will put their name sometimes in the reference area, but I'll put a question mark behind it. So I know when I go back to it, I need to reach out to those people. So I have this whole system of how I do that. And it helps, it helps prevent issues. But yeah, in the beginning, I, I just really was like, Oh, I saw you work with this person. How was it? And maybe like only one person I had reached out to. And I had heard rumors about Mitch a couple times, <clears throat> but it was like a photographer bashing him for the quality of his work because he just uses whatever was out of camera and never would edit anything. And right. so that just seemed like petty drama. It didn't seem like an issue, but yeah, I just have later learned so much about him and been like, wow, I guess I'm really lucky. But Yeah, I, I've had um, experiences that are kind of similar with different photographers from my hometown. And I wanted to just clarify, because you're talking a lot about Model Mayhem verified credits and then what comments the models put in there. For people who aren't familiar to Model Mayhem who might be listening to this, um, it's a portfolio hosting site. You can like leave basically a review when the other creator tags you in a photo. And Model Mayhem has a policy where you can't say something negative on those comments or verified credits on people's pages. You can't say anything negative in comments on photos, on their profile. The only place that you can say anything indicating that they're potentially like not good to work with is in the text of your biography on your on your profile. You're only allowed to say, I do not recommend working with so-and-so. And you can put a link to their page or their name or whatever. But you can't put it in the verified credit information or in a comment on their page. It's kind of crap. I understand why they have that rule because they don't want Model Mayhem to be like a drama fest. But um, it makes it kind of hard to like, like if I get a verified credit request from a photographer that I'm not sure I liked working with, I just ignore it. <laughs> I don't accept the tag. <laughs> I've had similar experiences where I had worked with people uh, when I was newer to modeling tons of times, and I might have heard a little rumor about them here or there, but didn't really get the full story or learn about the actual super fucked up stuff until way later in my career. And then finding out that these people are totally blacklisted and professional models won't work with them. And that I had worked with them a ton when I was just a local model. And then I, then I'm like, Oh crap, I'm like in their portfolio a bunch. So it makes me feel like stupid. <laughs> but honestly, it's just, it happens. It happens to all of us. I feel like, and it's just it's just one of those things that we can only do our best to just disclaimer like hey that was my experience but i've like heard things and you know each situation i i feel like some models they just automatically know they're not going to get anywhere with us and then other people somehow just end up with issues that happen that are just a fluke or just something happens where then they think, oh, I can take advantage of you. You're easy target. Yeah. And unfortunately, a lot of those easy targets are the newer, younger models. So, yeah, yeah it happens. It is unfortunate. There, there's a few, like, uh, 
Keystone Predators from Seattle that run studio events. And I won't mention their names, but my people back in Seattle probably know who I'm talking about. There's two key workshops that are like glamour workshops, and both of them are run by predators. And there's still people that work at their studios regularly. And um, this information has been public knowledge. So... There was, there's a couple of people like that, actually, that, in fact, it's come up a couple times, I've noticed in like comments on your side in the podcast, and uh, about this workshop runner in California that we've both worked with that, you know, he continually allows this one specific blacklisted photographer to attend Oh my god, <laughs> yeah. And um, this guy is like, I mean, he's like blacklisted to the max, like, I mean, yeah. just and it's so like everybody knows, but it's because he's good for the money that some people in the community continue to allow him to attend their events. And it's not fucking cool because then you look like a creep. You're a predator endorser. And then, you know, it's like you're allowing opportunities for unsuspecting models to work with that person one-on-one and then have an actual issue. Like they might not have an issue in the workshop, but they will Mm -hmm. later. And actually I've been, I've been that um, event organizer back in the day. And so I have the experience of feeling the guilt of organizing an event where a photographer I did not know at the time was predatory met a newbie model at my, you know, newbie model TFP group shoot back in, back in like 2014 or whatever. And on a separate date, uh, this pair of photographers who met this model at my event invited her to work with them one-on-one at their place and allegedly kidnapped and raped her. And there's a police report Whoa. with their mug shots. Uh, those two photographers, Seattle community is very aware of it. Um, and I, that, because of that incident, I stopped hosting group events. I felt such extreme guilt. And I know that there are ways around. I, it's like you can vet people all you want, but if you trust them and then people that you trusted stabbed you in the back, it, it, it made me not trust my own ability to run those events because I didn't want to have those things happen as a result of people meeting at my events. And so that one guy at that one Sacramento workshop that I know who it is that you're talking about, he doesn't give a shit. He just wants the money. He doesn't even rent a studio. He uses his garage and he doesn't have air conditioning and you're suffering and sweating in like a hundred degrees for like seven hours. Like, Oh my God. Yeah. For real. I mean, the worst booked me for a half day rate. Um, for the workshop, which right now I don't give any workshops any cuts on my rate. Like uh, with a one-on-one shoot, yeah, I'll give you a five fifty for a half day. But if it's a four-hour workshop and I know you're making money on the top, I do my flat rate of one hundred fifty an hour, no matter how many hours it is, um, because That's I'm working good. my ass off. But you know, it's like he booked me for that four-hour time slot. But then, um, you know, it was like, uh, and then he booked a one hour solo on top of it, actually in advance of the workshop. So I did an hour with him and then we had a half hour break and then I did a two hour workshop and then I had a half hour break and then I did two hours again. And it's like the only pictures I feel like that look good are from the one hour in advance, because then 
Um, it got super hot. It was like 106 degrees in Sacramento mm. that day. Oh my God. And then I'm in a garage, which is probably hotter. Yeah, and no air conditioning. Sweltering hot, you know, and I was like, can we leave the door of the house open so that the AC can come in? And he's like, well, then my house is going to get hot. Like, <laughs> nobody's like, in the house. <laughs> We're all suffering in here. <laughs> and then trying to, like, get me to do an ice cube on the nipple thing. And it was so hot. The ice cube was melting within like 30 seconds and my nipple wouldn't even get hard. It was Oh so my hard. god. <laughs> like, that sucks. <laughs> yeah, but you know, Ugh. it's just like with that there and I've then since uh, well and actually that guy what we were talking about from the workshop, so he uh. gives me his business card. He attended both sessions. He gives uh. me his business card, tells me that he wants to work one on one hire me for a whole day. Can I come back to where he lives? And I was like, no, I'm, I'm headed West. Like I've, I've done my tour. I didn't go to the Bay this trip. You know, if I go back to where you're at, I need to charge you a travel fee. Cause at the time gas in California last summer was like six fifty a gallon. And I'm like, not only do I have to charge you my day rate, but I have to charge you gas fee on top of it. And he didn't want to pay my whole fee. He didn't want I'm to sure pay he my didn't. travel fee. Uh-huh. He didn't want to pay none of that. I, you know, then I used the line, do what I do this full time. I'm the sole provider of my family. Doesn't matter. You know, I don't have to justify, but sometimes with some people, I feel like I need to just be a straight oh up. This God. is my life, you know, and, and, uh, yeah. And, and so it didn't work out. And, and actually he showed me his car on his card is a photo of a model friend of mine in Colorado. And it's like, oh, yeah, you know, Chelsea. And, you know, and I'm like, yeah, I'm going to contact Chelsea is what I'm thinking, you know. And uh, I did. And she told me some stuff about him already before I even got on the phone call to negotiate the, the day shoot. And um, so I already was warned a little bit about him. But uh-huh. then I've since learned a ton more. I mean, uh-huh. I, I was I was just like, oh, my God, I'm glad I dodged a bullet with that one. So For you know, there's some people you just end up with close calls with. But I'm really happy I haven't worked with them. But. Yeah, but he has your photo from the workshop, which is unfortunate. The same exact thing happened to me. I think I worked there like a week or two before you went there, actually. <laughs> yeah. Uh, anyway. <laughs> I know. I was. It sucks. I, I, you I can't just in, dodge them all. But it's just like, yeah, then I'm not tagged in it, which is a red flag because, you know, if you go through someone's portfolio and models are not tagged, um, that for me is like, well, either that model doesn't want to be tagged because they don't like the photo or for me, it's a red flag of actual like disrespect even of like that you don't respect the people you're making art with to the point that, yeah, you're not going to leave them a credit on model mayhem. You're not going to tag them in the photos. Like yeah. even if I get paid or I pay somebody to make photos, I don't give a crap. I am going to post that, you know. Yeah. This was taken by this photographer. Tag their name because For I real. want everybody to get more work. I'm trying to I'm a community-minded person and I want everybody to succeed. Yeah, and it looks unprofessional if you're not crediting the photographer and it makes other photographers not want to work with you if you don't credit other photographers. Like they see that. Yeah, for sure. So <laughs> You know, uh, I, I, there's not much more I can do about the fact that he has photos of me. But Yeah, same. What can you do? But beyond just posting vaguely, just because I've worked with somebody doesn't mean that I had a good experience with them and I endorse them. Please contact me if you have questions about anybody who has images of me up. Exactly, 100%.
I'm going to reroute really quick. I wanted to ask you, this is the rising phoenix uh, moment in your life. Can you describe a situation in your life that you felt that you were faced with a challenge that you had to overcome? Yeah, yeah, sure. In fact, I think I've told you this story too. I'm going to keep it kind of short. As I said, you know, I've been modeling for almost 11 years, but I've only been full-time touring since August of 2020, 2021. And so when I got into touring full-time, I was a noob on the, on the travel modeling scene. And even though I wasn't a newbie model, I was a noob in that way. And, and I'm just like, if I see somebody's work, it inspires me. I want to do a duo. I want to model together. I want to model for that photographer. That's how I am. And, you know, it's a compliment and it's like, it's nothing to do with if you have a hundred thousand followers or if you have 10 followers. And so I got, uh, what I call it, I, I was an overeager collaborator. Okay. And I reached out to too many people wanting to collaborate and I didn't, you know, pussyfoot around like, Hey, I like your portfolio in this way. If our paths ever cross and a photographer wants to hire us, I'd love to collaborate with you. I didn't, I didn't think about doing the same thing I do with photographers, with models. I was just like, Hey, I love your work. I'd love to work together sometime. And apparently that's not enough or uh, I don't know. But anyway, I, I got in trouble with um, having done that. And I guess I was being talked about in some groups that I was like somebody trying to like ride on the coattails of other models with followings and which was not my intention at all for disclaimer for anybody listening that knows about this about me. And, um, and I apologize, honestly, for giving that wrong impression. And, you know, I have, it really was crushing to learn that I had done that and like stepped on toes that I didn't even realize I had done because and and so then it was like god are these models that are like not liking me or potentially blocking me um gonna have some sway over my ability to get work i thought for a minute you know and i kind of had a slightly depressing winter after that occurred and then um you know i came out of it i rose from the ashes in a way and i just kept doing my thing i, I you know i do me and you do you and um i realized that you know there's always going to be drama and there's, there is competition. And, uh, and, but you know, for me, I see it as a community and that's who I am. And, and if people don't see me like that, I'm sorry that you didn't perceive me as in the right light, you know, but uh, that's who I am. And, and so it just became like, I realized that if a photographer is going to hire you, they're going to hire you because your work speaks to them because your communication spoke to them. And it really doesn't have much to do with if other models don't like you. And so I didn't, so I've realized that that part of it doesn't matter. I, I still am bummed that that occurred. And there are some people that I would love to make up with and at least clarify whether or not I'm going to work with them ever. It doesn't matter. Cause I understand that it is rare when you're going to do a duo with somebody and, you know, and, and, and that's fine. That was, I wasn't like trying to force duos by any means, but it was just like, yeah, I, I have, oftentimes I can just see a vision of two people in a certain way. And, and so like, that's how I work creatively. And, and, and so, you know, so rising from the ashes is like, well, since then, in fact, in especially March of last year, I was able to make some like fast model friends, like who I feel like I'm really close with. We're not just acquaintances and, you know, and, and I feel like I've, I've really 
developed some good friendships, not only with models, but with photographers in the community. And I mean, not that credits should matter, but I have a like almost 140 credits on model mayhem and like my work i have such a wide variety so it's just like it my i my work speaks for itself my personality speaks for itself if you've met me in person and you know who i am then you know just how i work and that you know i'm moving out of that i think and and if there's any taint in the community still oh well like i'm just you know not gonna let it phase me and and even along those lines, part of what happened is I wanted to be a part of some events that were going on out there. And maybe some of those events know about that, or there was something else that they just already have plenty of models, you know, applying to them. And, you know, I really appreciate it when you reach out to a photographer or to an event and say, Hey, I'd like to, you know, model for you sometime. Here's an example of my portfolio, blah, blah, blah. Um, let me know if you'd like to work together. If not, you know, I, I use this line. If not, uh, thanks for your time and, and uh, consideration. I look forward to hearing back because I want people to know that they can tell me no and I can take it. And that I would rather hear something than nothing. You know, being ghosted by people really sucks. And it's honestly disrespectful in my opinion. And um, it doesn't take that long to just say, hey, we have a lot of models applying right now. We have plenty of models. Thanks for your interest, but you know, we won't, aren't going to be able to work with you. And so with that, then I've moved into the fact that, you know, I have my, my event now called Muses of the West, which, you know, you're going to be a part of. And, you know, mm -hmm. I'm, I'm super, super stoked to have you, you know, um, and, you know, thanks for wanting to collaborate with me. And, you know, and that's, that one is September 11th through 15th, I'm calling it the Great Basin Tour. And we're going to be along the border of utah and nevada and working around some uh, really cool outdoor natural features but you know part of why i created that is because i realized that you know honestly i am a boss i've always been a boss like 80 percent of my work life since i was like 12 years old i mean i've been an entrepreneur for a long time and i don't I do work well with other people, but I always am like trying to progress, trying to be on the next level. And so for me, it's good for me to be in charge and not just be hired onto someone's event because I'm always going to want to improve it. And sometimes people don't want to hear my feedback. <laughs> and so, you know, it's like, yeah. And, and so that's part of my rising Phoenix is like that I have risen to the point where not only am I getting hired like crazy, I mean, my june new york trip i am almost fully booked already you know and like they and, and i'm just getting to the point where i'm building enough of a reputation that i'm bringing people to me i want people to come to me and not just have to tour all the time because it's a lot of work and i have a family you know i mean i have two sons my my oldest son's about to turn nine when i get back from this tour and my other son will be six in june and I have a husband and, you know, I like to grow a little bit of a veggie garden and, and that's really hard. All of that falls on my husband and shout out to him. You know, he takes good care of our children in our home and I come home and I hardly have to do the dishes and he makes all the meals and it's just like, you Aww. know, but that's, that's hard on our relationship. And, and, you know, and, and I'm just really fortunate. I have him to support me and, you know, I hear stories of other models that, don't have supportive partners or that they've had to choose between their partner and their, and their career. And, and, you know, as I'm just, that's like, 
where I'm at is I'm trying to meld my modeling life with my home in the Western US life, you know, um, and, and really showcase who I am and show people what I can do. And, and that is that, you know, when you hire me, I'm not just a model, I'm a scout built into one price and uh, within reason, of course. But like, you know, I everywhere I travel, I'm always scouting locations to shoot. And so if it's um, something interesting and I have time, I'll pull over and I'll take some quick selfies, even if it's just on the timer with my cell phone, you know, um, and I know places all over. And so I want to help like give an experience and I want to elevate that experience. And I want to help to really provide something that's different or unique. I don't know, showcase who I really am and, and stick out as the unique person I am because, you know, there's plenty of us white girls out there modeling that are potentially even brunettes, you know, but it's like, what can you do that's different that sets you apart? That's what, makes or breaks the difference of when people will come to you when they will trust you when they'll hire you a lot because you're not just gonna do the thing on the box in the studio but you're gonna make it different you know yeah totally so that, that was kind of multiple things combined there but you know i'm not trying to sit in the sadness of what happened i'm just you know i've moved on from it and it does occasionally come up uh, and I try not to talk about it that much because I don't want it to get out there like, oh, she keeps talking about the drama that happened. Like, no, I'm just whatever, you know? So it's just like, that's, I, and I feel like, you know, I, I've had that happen where I reach out to other moms or other models be like, yeah, we should be friends. But just because you have one thing in common <laughs> doesn't mean you're going to be friends with everybody. And I'm so... I, I just want to be friends with everybody is kind of how I am. And I'm a little bit of a people pleaser at times and I get, I'm very sensitive. So I get very um, easily um, saddened if people don't want to be my friend, I guess. Yeah. But, you know, I've learned through life that yeah, I'm an oddball and that I don't fit into any one category. Yeah. And that if there's any clickiness happening, I'm not going to be in that click because I'm not like I, I'm, you know, that's why I, that's why I go by Muse, you know, Jessa Ray Muse, because the word model for me is kind of triggering, actually. It, for me, is like runway and fashion in some ways. That's what it always reminded me of when people told me when I was a little girl, I should model. I was like, I don't think I could do that. I'm not short. I'm not skinny. I mean, you know, in, in terms of the way they are, you know. And so for me, Muse is like inspiration of art, but also like, you are something that can be anything, any kind of inspiration. And so, you know, I like that whole sh uh, shape-shifting uh, chameleon type of phrase, but I've seen it used a lot. And so I, I stopped using it, but, you know, I'm, I'm amused. That's me. I like that. <laughs> and and I do, I do commend you for rising out of the ashes after feeling a rejection from the community because I was very aware of all of this as it was happening because I am part of said groups. Um, I won't go too far into detail. I know that the group has been um, referenced in the past and there are various groups, but there's there does seem to be a gatekeepingness about being a part of some of these groups that I find a bit distasteful. Um, it, it is a lot of people who have been in the industry for a long time who seem to look down their nose at people who are newer. And I, I can see reasons why people might feel 
upset about uh, somebody reaching out to a lot of different people that are all like full-time experienced traveling models and asking to, you know, pose together because, because we all talk and we all, we all like get the messages and we, same thing when a particular photographer is sending a message to like a bunch of models. We're like, Oh, did you get the email from so-and-so, you know, cause all of, we all talk. What, I mean, we're all in different groups. We're all comparing notes. And when somebody's messaging a lot of people, like everybody behind the scenes kind of knows about it. But then to have the, um, the group mentality turned against you in a negative way, um, that, that is hard to overcome. So like, I do commend you for coming through it and finding a, a solution, which, which the way that I see it is that you wanted to collaborate with these people. They didn't want to make the time for you. So you came up with a monetary reason to incentivize them to be a part of your community instead of you getting a favor from them to post together or join their group. You started your own events where you're hiring people to come with you. So I think that's honestly the best possible scenario that that feeds your desire to work with these people. And it also feeds their desire you know, to go on a trip and model and get paid. That's what we all, it's a win-win for everybody, in my opinion. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I mean, you got to create the opportunity a lot of the time as models together. I mean, if you already have a good working relationship with somebody and you duo often, then you can just say, hey, so-and-so and I are going to be in town at the same time, put out a notice about it, hire us as a duo. But otherwise, it's like, yeah, is it actually gonna just come out of thin air? Not necessarily. Yeah, I learned I learned that, you know, I I learned a lot from it. I definitely have been humbled and learned where I was in the wrong and where there was potentially just catty misunderstanding and like, you know, maybe even some elitism. So, you know, there's like both sides to the wrongdoing there. And it just is what it is. But, you know, I'm just happy that I like with modeling, it just is a constant process of, yeah, I do me and this is who I am. And if you don't like it too bad, you know, it's just the same with like a photographer. If they don't want to hire me because I don't have big boobs, then great. Don't hire me because I don't <laughs> want you to Photoshop boobs onto me. Yeah. <laughs> but, but now, now that you're an event organizer, though, the tables might turn on you and you might get people that are asking you to be a part of a group and you don't have an extra tour to hire extra people on. And you're going to have to pick who's going to be on your next trips and you can't pick everybody. So you're going to yeah. have to be that one to make that decision, too, which can be hard. Yeah. And actually, the way I've handled that because of my experience is every single person that has reached out to me, they can all testify to the fact that I have answered back to every single one of them. And I have said, you know, if it's through the Muses of the West Instagram, then I'll say, hi, yeah, this is Jessa Ray Muse. I'm the one who runs this event. And, you know, I already have all my models booked for 2023, but, you know, I appreciate you reaching out and your interest. This is the type of models that I'm looking for. If you think you fit, then please send me your email. I'll send you a model questionnaire for a consideration list is what I'll say. Right on. That's good. I think that's a good response. Yeah. Anyways, I think we could uh, talk all day. That's a, yeah. <laughs> you and I's experience talking over the few years that we've been chatting now. Totally. Is there anything else that you wanted to bring up on the podcast? Because we are getting close to the end. Um, I guess the last thing I would just say is, you know, a little bit of a spot on Muses of the West is just that 
you know, I vet everybody that shows up uh, uh, that wants to come out. So I don't just let people sign up. Uh, it's like a, you fill out the form and you submit and we'll see if I'm going to let you come, you know, and it's because I want to create a safe experience with people who are truly like-minded and make sure that my models know that anybody I allowed to come on is somebody that is going to be a good person. And, and, and even if they're a newbie in it, I'm still vetting them in that way, you know, um, and, or if they're a long-term experience, it doesn't matter if you've been doing this for 15 years, you could be a total jerk and you could have done it for one year and be a total sweetheart and your work just needs a little improvement, you know? And so like, I'm happy to invite, you know, amateur to professional photographers to want to join in these adventures. And, um, I have six of them this year. Um, I've sold out one of them. One of them is really close to selling out. Ours that we're on together is half sold out. Um, and, you know, we just, I would just really, I, I love what I'm curating and it's just really starting to explode. And I'm just, I'm, I'm practically brimming with excitement about it. So that's awesome. I'll definitely include um, a link to you and a link to your event page in the description of the podcast. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you so much. Yeah, you're welcome. Um, it was really great having you. I'm really happy that we did an episode. And if there's nothing else to be said, I, I will say goodbye. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I think that's about right. Bye-bye.